the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Vector Communications, data networks built for business. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 203. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Damien O'Carroll. And I'm David Linklater. Well, thanks for thanks for joining me, guys. Um, Damien, first of all, thank you for coming back on the, the podcast. It's been a, uh, a few weeks since we, we last chatted. It has been. I'm, I'm not used to being invited back after the first time, to be honest, so this makes a bit of a change. <laughs> now, for, the, for those that, uh, that weren't listening when you were on uh, previously, maybe you can uh, um, just fill them in around your uh, interest in, uh, in tech and, uh, and where, where you operate within the uh, world of journalism. Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a freelance journalism, a free, a freelance journalist, motoring journalist. I write about cars mainly, but um, I'm, I'm a big tech fan, basically, because I'm a big nerd as well. Um, I've been writing about cars for, well, close to 10 years now, so um, that keeps me going. Excellent. And David? Uh, I'm from a similar world, I'm afraid. Um, I'm a freelance journalist as well. I uh, specialise in cars. Um, I do a bit of writing for National Business Review, New Zealand Herald, World Magazine, Auto Trader. Um, I'm a tech enthusiast. I'll say I'm I'm an enthusiast, but perhaps not expert. So I'll just um, sit at a discreet distance from you two. I think. Oh, I'm not sure. I think from our discussions prior, you seem to be pretty well up with the play, and um, have certainly uh, yeah been been purchasing a, l- a lot of the latest uh, gadgets in the market. Um, well, let's jump in now. First up, I wanted to talk about uh, Sky TV's recent announcements in the last few days. So today, uh, they they advise that they've got a uh, an update coming for their set top box that it will let, allow it to connect to the internet. And of course, that dovetails in quite nicely with the announcement last week of uh, Neon, which, in in their terms, they're calling it uh, a Netflix-style service, uh, which I thought was rather interesting that they would just give that direct, uh, you know, mention to to Netflix. I guess because Netflix isn't in the market yet, um, they can play on that. If Netflix had already launched here, uh, I don't think we'd be hearing the same story, would we? No, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a wise marketing move would it, to acknowledge a competitor as the benchmark. <laughs> no, um, but Netflix isn't here yet, so uh, so hence why we've you know we've got uh, uh, QuickFlix, which is you know probably the most es- established uh, in the market as far as these um, subscription video on uh, demand services, and of course their offering is is. Is reasonably broad and that they for their subscription they include uh, TVs and movies and then for the newest content you can get that on a pay-per-view type basis and then you know in recent months uh, Spark have have entered the market with Lightbox which is focused you know very squarely on TV there's no uh, movie content uh, neon sort of, a, I guess, is the as you could call it maybe the uh, potentially the closest to Netflix from a, a content perspective that they are, are not going to have. Um well, actually, I don't know if they're not going to have pay-per-view content because Sky already has that, right? But they're, they're certainly focused on both uh, TV and and movie-type content, And they're right? cer- certainly promising a higher degree of, of, um, of free on-demand uh, movies in particular. So I'm actually I'm a Sky customer. I'm quite looking forward to it. I, I think for too long, Sky's, Sky's kind of been the, the, uh, the company that plays it safe, you know, so it's good to see them actually moving up and doing something. Yeah. Now, are they doing this to you know protect protect their existing customer base? Is that what it's all about? Is that going to stop uh, stop you, David, from uh, from looking at the other services? 
Um, it, it probably will, and perhaps that's just because I'm a lazy consumer. But I think even for lazy consumers, um, you know, Netflix, it's it's out there. People are talking about it. You can't avoid it, and um, you you can't help but wonder, you know, what, what am I missing out on? Well, I'd be interested to know actually how many people in New Zealand do have Netflix anyway, even though it's technically not available. I mean, I know I subscribe, I, I have it, um, and Hulu Plus. So, um, again, the difference there is I'm not a Sky subscriber, so this isn't probably going to attract me in a hurry, depending on the content. Um, well, I mean, we're in an environment now where, um, you know, even my, my internet service provider the booklet that came um, with all my equipment actually tells me how to, how to get those services, even though technically I'm not allowed to. So, you know, you've got to you've got to make some moves and, and keep up with the competition. Well, good to, good to see Sky, um, pl- you know, start or almost um, about to uh, to play, um, you know, in this space with a, with an on on demand offering. Uh, now they're talking about twenty dollars. Every thirty days uh, for the for the service, they'll have a uh, first thirty days free. Now this sounds quite similar to Spark's product, doesn't it? You get the initial uh, not month, but thirty days free, yeah. and then it's not billed monthly; it's billed every thirty days. Now until uh, Skinny launched into the market from from Telecom at the time, and then uh, uh, Lightbox. I mean, most people stuck to a monthly cycle. But now we're uh, we're moving to this sort of 30, 30 days thing. It's oh, quite uh, quite gives, interesting. Gives me a headache just thinking about it. What's wrong with a month? Oh <laughs> uh, well, we've got. The, I guess uh, yeah, we can, we can blame uh, we can blame Spark for that. Um, but it, I guess once they've said it, maybe everyone else is going to uh, going to follow, huh? It's a nice round number, I guess. Metric month. Hmm. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, not not really a big deal in the scheme of things. I think it. What do we work out before at the twenty dollar a month subscription? It's going to be about an extra three dollars a year uh, on top. So, uh, yeah. not really killer. But um, I mean, looking at the capabilities of what what they're offering, uh, Sky. So you have the relationships in place for content. So yeah, we we've got to imagine that uh, over time they're going to end up with some a reasonable amount of content. They're not announcing um, a huge amount at the moment, um, but they have said that uh, I think it's the um, um, the first uh, first couple of seasons of Game of Thrones is coming, um, and you know they're being uh, they're being a little bit probably cautious around um, yeah destroying the existing market that they have right yeah absolutely. so uh, you know they're, they're not uh, they're not really focusing like uh, light boxes on on trying to get some of that first run type content they'll be wanting people to go to you know a full site sky subscription for that sort of stuff yeah absolutely um, but twenty dollars a month it's going to be available uh, PC Mac and on iOS to start with. Uh, if you want it on your Apple TV, then you'll you'll push it from your iPad or your iPhone, and then uh, next year it's going to be uh, available on Android in some form. I think uh, it's another one of these exclusive Samsung uh, deals, which will annoy anyone who's <laughs> using an Android device other than a other than a Samsung one. And uh, yeah, following that, um, yeah, is likely to come to a broader broader range of devices. So it does sound similar. Uh, yeah, in some ways, to some of the other offerings in the market. Now, twenty dollars is that uh, is that good good value? If oh. you weren't a Sky subscriber, I think Sky subscribers, uh, you know, won't, won't be paying extra for it. 
Yeah, for a broad, for a broad range but, of content and a bit more choice, I think so. You know, twenty bucks is not a lot. It will depend on the content because I mean, yeah, I think like the Netflix subscription costs me about ten bucks a month or something in New Zealand by the time I pay for it here. So uh, yeah, it's going to have to have quite a lot of good content to make me want to change anyway. It's a wait and see thing, isn't Absolutely. it? But the, the promise Absolutely. is there. I think a lot of it's going to be the ease of use thing, isn't it? That yeah. they can get away with yeah. charging more than the others because, you know, A, they've got an existing customer base who will just get it and start using it. And that audience isn't likely to sort of necessarily be throwing out this, you know, the, their core audience isn't likely to be throwing out Sky anytime soon. I think there are, there are users on the fringe uh, like me who have ditched Sky, uh, but, you know, they, their numbers aren't exactly, uh, you know, dropping through the floor or anything like that. They're doing pretty strongly right now. Yeah, I'm the same. I um, I bailed out of Sky a while ago, but I'm back now. And so, yeah, I guess something like this is going to um, help keep people like me in the game. Uh, yeah, Twitter, I mean, on the face of $20 a month isn't a lot for anything, but then if you're giving it free to existing Sky users, that's that's a nice little carrot as well. Yeah, yeah and if it keeps those customers sticky so they, yeah, don't, they don't go away, um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're looking forward to actually seeing seeing the service and actually the real content on there. So, uh, um, when's it when's it actually uh, landing? I'm not, have they actually given a um, given a launch date, or they're just saying that it's yeah, uh, a new December. year? I think it's uh, it's December, isn't it? December. But they're not giving an actual uh, launch date. So, uh, yeah, sometime December. Whether it's the there, there the is first a or there the, is a website, however. So. And uh, don't don't watch television through the early hours of October the thirtieth because your machine won't be working. Oh yeah, your set top box is getting the upgrade so yeah. it can be connected to the internet. So Exciting! If you wish to complain, sit up all night, watch yeah. your television. Yeah, um, and then you can ask for a discount. You can. Um, Unfortunately, I think the people that like to complain tend to do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, two degrees. Very uh, just a little announcement, but it's an interesting one that they're. Uh, um, and this, uh, those who have been watching closely w- will have been aware of this anyway. I know it's been discussed uh, in online forums. Uh, you know, Ge- it's been on uh, on Geek Zone in recent weeks. Um, that two degrees of, are now officially offering um, direct uh, billing for Google, the Google Play Store. So you no longer necessarily have to have a credit card or uh, credit loaded into your Google Play account. Um, you'll be able to link that back to your um, your mobile. Uh, account with uh, with two degrees, which is always nice to have have other options. And uh, sounds like a great but dangerous idea to me. Oh, these things are always dangerous. <laughs> exactly why they do it, though. Exactly it's too easy. Yeah. Um, easy for you to spend money. So uh, yeah, th- this is something I think uh, Microsoft have have done similar things in in other countries as well. Um, but the two degrees and Google. Play partnership, as far as I'm aware, is the uh, is the first of its its kind uh, locally. Um, now, Microsoft and their OneDrive service, um, yeah, we've we've been I guess discussed in the past a little bit around what is the future for a company like Dropbox, which you know right now is the service that most of us would tend to be using uh, for our personal cloud storage. Um, if I survey both of, both of you, do you use Dropbox? Yep, completely. Yep. Um, and, and Dropbox, we're heading towards a, a sort of a, a share market uh, listing, um, but we've heard today Microsoft are, uh, are making... Uh, the OneDrive storage that you get when you've got an Office 365 subscription, they're making that storage unlimited. 
so before you were getting that, you know, they, they, it wasn't that long ago, only a few months ago, they announced they were giving away a terabyte worth of storage for, uh, I think, around seven US dollars a month. Uh, now they're, they're saying, actually, we're not limiting to a terabyte. It's it's as much as you as much as you need. Now there may be some theoretical limits or some limits if you start doing really crazy stuff like trying to back up the whole internet to it. Um, I don't know quite how you'd do that, but it will be fun to see what uh, experiments that um, uh, that people try to fill up the uh, entire uh, Microsoft uh, data centers around the world. It's a um, it's a pretty compelling argument, I suppose, especially for people like myself who got a message today saying your Dropbox is full for the first time. Um, but yeah, Dropbox is still a comfort thing, isn't it? I mean, it's certainly it's a familiar um, familiar service to myself and the people that I work with. So I guess the the trick will be um, tearing people away from what's familiar and comfortable. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair point, and you know they've they've had the lion's share of the market because they were the they were the first. Uh, you know the 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 question remains though is it is it really a long term profitable business for a standalone company to be in that space when you know Microsoft here are, are pretty much buying market share um, to bring you into their sort of ecosystem, and you know when you look at their product now, it's pretty competitive. They're across all the platforms. Uh, yeah, there's there's not a, a whole lot that would say, oh yeah, you really should be using Dropbox because uh, OneDrive doesn't offer this type of capability. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a pretty strong product, and and it's um, yeah, it's not like Microsoft products used to be in the old days, just sort of limited to a Microsoft uh, platform. It's you know, it's available just about everywhere. So, yeah. um, well, other th- other than Windows XP. <laughs> Not too relevant these days. No, that is true. I moved away from, from Microsoft products, possibly back in the Windows XP days, to be honest. They haven't yeah. really been back since. But, yep. um, yeah, it is an interesting one. It's a very interesting one. I mean, if with Microsoft doing it, you have to say that, that Google are probably only a small step away from doing well, the same Google, thing Google Well, and Drive. Google's um, yeah, cloud storage with Google Drive is, is you know is very competitive as as well. Mm. Um, in fact, they, they, they've I think they've got a similar uh, type of arrangement when uh, that was a, that was announced recently with their um, uh, business subs- subscriptions as well. Right. So you know, in 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 terms, it's just you know, what is the impact on those sort of standalone services? Uh, yeah, I don't think that they can necessarily be profitable if that's what they do, make their money out of uh, out of selling online storage in the in the long term. But I mean, we'll see. And certainly, Dropbox have been uh, reducing their prices, but um, not yeah, not so easy for for them to probably give unlimited. Would be my my pick. No, no. fairly hard to make that profitable. Uh, but we'll, we'll watch, you know, and and see. I wouldn't be surprised if within the next couple of years, uh, you know, Dropbox doesn't manage to to you know do a share market launch, but get snapped up by someone who's after uh, their market share, be it a, a Google or an Apple or a Microsoft or uh, someone else. Yeah, well, they've been quite cozy with Samsung for a few years now, haven't they? You get the fifty gigs free or whatever it is with the. Uh, you used to. I'm not sure that the new devices do that anymore. The S5 did, but I 
because I already had it, I, I didn't qualify for another 50k. Right, right, okay, okay. Which I felt left out. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, of course, your trick there is just to put in a new email yeah, address well, and transfer yeah. it across, but uh, they don't want you to do that, no. so uh, so it obviously worked. Uh, now, talking new, uh, new devices, you mentioned Samsung. Um, a couple of the smaller players within the market um, that used to be big, like Samsung now is, uh, Nokia, um, their smartphones, which were previously called the Nokia Lumias, since Microsoft have acquired them, they announced last week they're no longer going to be called Nokia. Uh, so we've got there the new uh, Lumia 830, which, uh, Damien, you're having a look at, the one with the uh, neon orange back, Very which um, it's actually, actually won't be available in New Zealand in that colour. Well, certainly not the, the initial launch product, I think, is black. Uh, which is, is nowhere near as exciting. Not at all. No, it's, it's sort of um, traffic cone orange, isn't it? It is. I think it's great. I quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what are your thoughts from a, from a device perspective? I mean, looking at it, it's launching into the market here. Uh, I think it's two or three weeks away uh, since, since it launches. Um, 599 is, is the, uh, the price. It's got an HD, 5-inch HD screen. Um, Nokia or Microsoft now, I guess they call it their, uh, I think, super black um, in, in terms of the, that screen. Um, 10 megapixel uh, camera, and this is with the Carl Zeiss optics and so on. So it's a, just a, 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 a lower end version of what we've seen uh, in, in some of the, well, most of the more expensive Lumia phones, which are really good cameras. Uh, and this is actually a pretty impressive camera for that sort of uh, price point. Absolutely, even with the Zeiss lens. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big camera nerd too, so things like that always excite me. But um, it's a it's a really really solid, good quality piece of kit. It's, it's it really has impressed me. I must say, I wasn't. I think a lot of the the, the mid range and the cheaper smartphones these days are, are getting really quite impressive. Certainly, the way they uh, they are made. But um, I'm not very familiar with Windows phones, to be honest, having never really used one. But I have to say, I really do quite like this one. I, I went Windows for a while, and um, I love the Windows interface. And I had a, a, a Nokia 1020, which had the big camera lens on it, and it was a fantastic phone. I love I love the fact that Nokia kind of has stuck to their guns in terms of, of the design and the quality of, of their phones. It's, it's exactly what you'd expect a Nokia phone to look like you know it's minimalist it's really high quality beautiful sort of black front on it i like them and yeah and as you say they're sort of stuck to well one of their things was always a good solid uh you know strong phone yeah and these are you know really nice nicely built um i was with them what was now the microsoft devices team and uh um, in new south wales recently to um to to look at the cameras and so on and uh, we, we spent some time learning what's possible with, with the cameras and uh, a little bit of training on how to use them, which was, was kind of fun because you don't really, uh, you know, usually think of a smartphone camera as, as being something that you need to use. You just push the button and, and yeah, it takes yeah. a photo. Uh, but the Lumia cameras, actually, there's a Lumia camera app that gives you control over, you know, all of the same settings that you would control in a, in a professional camera. And, uh, 
uh, yeah, it's quite fascinating in terms of what the capabilities are of these cameras. Even a you know a six hundred dollar camera like this yeah. is uh, is pretty capable. And it's not difficult to get your head around, just from my experience with that ten twenty. You know, it's very extensive um, in terms of features the camera, but it's not difficult to use once you get your head around what's available to you. Yeah, I was no, I was quite impressed. I mean, I always thought things like um, you know de- depth of view was something that you do on your digital SLR. Yes, um, and actually, no, you can you can do the same. You know, you can do the same yep. sort of thing on the um, on on the on the Lumia. And um, the uh, one of one of the guys that was was there, um, yeah, was was highlighting you know why he jumped onto the the Lumia from. Uh, Using an iPhone and, and and other platforms, and uh, yeah, it seems to be a, a sort of a mix of the good, really good cameras, but also software that lines up and gives you that control. Yeah. Um, the only thing I, or there's a couple of things on other platforms that I that I prefer, um, is the speed of shooting seems to be um, quicker on, uh, particularly the the iPhone. It's just right. you know amazing. It's continuous sort of uh, shooting. Yeah. Um, and also the um, the iPhone does some pretty nice um, panoramas with holding the phone vertically. So you end yeah. up, I think, with a something like a forty two megapixel uh, yeah image, yeah. which is, yeah. uh, mm. is 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 quite uh, quite nice. So I think you know every um, every platform has some has some standout capabilities, but certainly the Lumia uh, camera is is a step up on the standard Windows phone. Uh, built-in camera uh, absolutely I think I think one of those Lumia camera um, phones it's one of the few devices that I'd be comfortable if I was away working and I didn't have a proper camera for whatever reason I'd be more than comfortable having that with me and knowing that I'd get a good result if I absolutely need to take a photograph Mm -hmm. I suppose one big advantage that um, the Microsoft name is going to bring to is um, OneDrive storage yeah, well, I mean, the, the the phone has that sort of built in, and you get the free fifteen gigs. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised uh, if Microsoft start doing with the phones what they've been doing with a lot of the lower end tablets and and laptops. And uh, you know, we we were talking in the last couple of weeks around some of these uh, very low cost uh, Windows tablets and laptops that. Are shipping with the Office three six five subscription bundled in right, yeah, right. Uh, as a freebie, and yeah. when you when you're getting that with say a, a two hundred US purchase, and you're getting a hundred dollar Office three six five three six five subscription thrown in, uh, that's pretty enticing. So is, yeah. um, I wonder whether we'll uh, whether we'll see the phone starting to um, yeah bundle Office three six five as well. Uh, I noticed actually uh, one of the retailers today, Dick Smith. I'm not sure if others are doing this. Um, giving away Office 365 uh, personal subscription uh, with the purchase of a Mac. Um, oh, really? Oh, okay. And I didn't even, you know, um, you know, they haven't made much of a song or dance about it, but um, there are these sorts of things where I think Microsoft just want it to be really broadly available so they can get that market share, uh, you know, maybe to rival, rival Dropbox and yeah. uh, get people into this idea of a subscription office. Yeah. yeah. 
and then at some point they'll uh, they'll pull the rug out and uh, there won't be so many freebies available, sure. I imagine. Yeah, uh, but they they know it's really important for them to win market share. So I no, enjoy it while it's going on. I'd say it's been you know it's great great to have office really accessible and, and not too expensive because for so long it was just it was a pretty expensive app to yeah. buy, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's it's I mean it certainly seems cheaper now even through the subscription that you get you know you get office which you can run on your tablet and your phone and your laptops uh, and all the storage at a, at a pretty reasonable sort of uh, figure and you know even from a business perspective um, well it's probably even better deal because you get um, you know you get your email services and uh, yeah cloud storage video conferencing and so on thrown in so um, yeah a competitive marketplace is a good thing for everyone I'd say okay. yeah yeah um, and even Microsoft shareholders seem to be doing uh, doing okay as well last week with the announcements from uh, both Apple and Microsoft in terms of their earnings and uh, yeah both of them look to be doing uh, reasonably well for themselves oh that's the main thing. makes you feel good doesn't it <laughs> that's makes you feel good. Um, now Motorola we've got there the um, Motorola's Moto G if that's still uh, still floating around now this took a long time to get to us um, I'm not quite sure exactly what issues that uh, that Motorola have we've found it reasonably hard in the past to get hold of Google, Motorola, some of the other products are a little bit harder to get and we have to go through varying uh, channels and methods to get them, such as going shopping in the US or uh, um, you know, ordering them online, etc. Um, but this one actually came to us through an official channel, but it's arrived about a month after release. So uh, I'm not too sure how keen uh, Motorola are to sell these, but if you look at the price, you would tend to think they are extremely keen to sell them. The Moto G is actually a reasonably, um, yeah, a reasonably decent phone by the looks of it, uh, at a pretty sharp price. It come, comes in at uh, half the uh, the Lumia 830. It's uh, full retail at $299. It does not feel cheap when you hold it in your hand. It oh, doesn't, cool. does it? Now, no. it doesn't have all of the features that that the, uh, the, the Lumia does, but if you take out the things like the, the camera that's in the Lumia and the wireless charging um, a lot of the other features are actually very very similar between the uh, between the products and uh, you know it, f- it feels pretty good it's going to be getting an upgrade to um, new version of Android to uh, to, to lollipop uh, so you sort of you're guaranteed to that it, it seems like a, a, um, a pretty good buy as far as uh, you know what's on the market in the Android world yeah I think so and um, you know as I said it's got a got a nice look to it it's got a good feel in the hand too it's got a nice curved back on it it's really solid nice weighty piece of kit and it's um got dual sim capability which i'm particularly impressed with yeah and i think from what i can tell this is the actual official unit that has launched in new zealand uh so i believe that's um that's that's how it comes here um so kudos to two degrees for uh you know for launching it that way because I think that is a pretty handy feature, uh, you know, to to have is the ability to uh, plug in your two SIM cards. And in markets like New Zealand, we don't see many phones with dual SIM card. Yeah. And I often hear people that travel and and so on, you know, asking for a phone that's got two SIM cards. But yeah. uh, you know, most of them tend to come out in uh, in. Uh, Markets such as China and and yeah. India, sort of more uh, you know developing markets, 
and actually there's there's a segment I, th- I think in most markets that would would find it pretty handy uh, be it in a top-end iPhone or, or, or any other phone because uh, if you travel it's nice to be able to use your local carrier sim uh, or you, you know your normal carrier sim plus the one from you know a local one from the country you're in although as time goes on and those mobile plans improve, we, we won't maybe need to do that like like we have had to in the past. Well, even a few years ago when I was working for a publishing company, they insisted I have a phone. I wanted to use my phone. I ended up having to carry around two phones all the time, and that didn't impress me personally. But anyway, having a phone with two SIMs, Solve the issue, right? Would have been perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It only didn't impress you because the other phone was a bright red BlackBerry. It's horrible. It was an absolutely awful phone that didn't help. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I think that, yeah, the, this this new uh, Moto G is, um, you yeah, ref- know, a reflection of, of where Motorola are, uh, are probably strongest at the moment is in these sort of, uh, you know, competitive... Uh, you know, at the competitive type uh, price points, and they, you know, they seem to be uh, they seem to be hitting those. Um, now, two other products coming through from uh, Motorola. We've got the Moto 360, uh, which we've been hearing about for months and months and months, uh, really, and as a um, as an Android Wear uh, device. That, I believe, hits the market here in New Zealand uh, this week. Although, again, they don't have any, um, any, any, any product to, to look at other than what be in stores. But if you have been, uh, you know, you've been very, very keen to get your hand on, uh, hands on one, then, um, yeah, the Moto 360 uh, should be landing in, in stores, you know, pretty much any day now. So... Uh, and then there's also the uh, the the Moto X, uh, which is the, the the step up from the um, uh, Moto G, uh, starting to uh, starting to land in stores as well. So um, yeah, it's it's certainly good to see the Motorola product uh, at least available in the local market, um, and and not becoming you know not being available uh, yeah a really long time after. Um, um, other products so yeah I think it's got potential too there's probably a lot of people out there who still have a fondness for the Motorola brand I oh, know I do yeah. remember I do. it from well, days it, gone by yeah well it, it used to be sort of uh, you know right right um, up there in terms of uh, yeah Motorola was was right up there I guess in a, a similar ilk or at one point was was more common than uh, Nokia, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So with with the earlier phones, that does does, does take us back a little while. Uh, I've got to say, um, yeah, it was the Apple of phones. <laughs> now, um, pricing their 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 um, the Moto three hundred and sixty is launching here in New Zealand at three five nine officially on on Friday. Um, and then there's going to be that's the uh, one with a, a black leather um, uh, band or strap, um, but there's also a um, one with a, a, a steel band, and that's going to be launching here uh, early next year at three hundred three hundred ninety five dollars. So definitely quite a sort of a premium uh, premium price point, but that that seems to be you know what we're seeing with these uh, with these smartwatches. Uh, but the Moto 360 seems to be the one uh, in the Android 
world anyway that's getting the most attention sort of stylistically wise. Either of you sort of interested in that? I know Damien, you're quite a big um, you know, smartwatch uh, guy. I can see your uh, Samsung on your on your wrist there, mate. The Sony's at home. I've got a few of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I, I haven't, I must admit, I haven't sort of followed the, the whole um, just the Android Wear type. I was under the impression that it was actually sort of a fairly light version of things that would do notifications and mm. straightforward stuff rather than the whole sort of full-blown smartwatch thing that these do. But uh, certainly for that price, you would expect them to be fairly well-featured. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, at, at the moment, they're definitely designed to be an, an adjunct to uh, an adjunct to you know your and Android uh, handset. Um, you know, but you know, we're starting to see one or two interesting apps that uh, you know that, that make them yeah more than just a, a you know a, a very simple device. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested. I mean, I guess like everything, like those things, like like phones and everything, it, it is the apps that actually make them. So seeing whatever comes out to make use of them is probably the more important thing. But yeah, I you know I have been obviously tempted into buying smartwatches before, so. It's absolutely true. <laughs> you can't deny that one. Uh, David, any, any sort of interest? Uh, I'm sort of in wait and see mode, which is unusual for me. I normally leap in, but I'm just not not entirely convinced by the smartwatch thing at the moment. Um, I guess I'll come around to it. I, I wear, got a watch with hands on it at the moment. It seems to work quite well. Um, I am interested in them. I think they're fascinating devices, and I'm, um, I'm keen to see the, um, the Moto version. So, um, yeah, I... We'll see. All right. Now, uh, also coming through is you know uh, the the newest from from Google. They regularly announce their new uh, Nexus devices. Uh, so we've got um, the first sort of Google TV uh, product um, or Android Android uh, TV product in the uh, the Nexus uh, player. So that's uh, that's on its way and. Um, uh, already available um, in the US, I believe that started shipping. Um, we've got the Google Nexus Nine, which is a sort of a virtually a nine-inch um, uh, tablet, and then the uh, the Nexus Six, which is um, a reasonable, uh, reasonably sizable um, smartphone um, or phablet, as you uh, as you might might call it. Um, May I ask how big? So, well, the this, the six is uh, I think it is a is a six inch uh, screen that we're we're talking about there. So it's a decent size. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a that's a that's a reasonable uh, reasonable size screen. Um, yeah, somewhat on the ginormous side would be uh, would be one way to uh, describe it. Now, launching with Android five uh, Lollipop, so uh, you're not those that uh, get these aren't going to have to sort of sit around and, and wait a few months, as they you know they will do uh, otherwise in terms of getting their hands on uh, um, on Lollipop. So um, yeah, I would say a few people will be lining up for uh, for these just to get the. Uh, the first taste. Now we do know for New Zealand, uh, Google have confirmed that the uh, the Nexus Six and Nexus Nine are coming. What we uh, but the but nothing about the uh, uh, Nexus Player at this stage. So um, that'll be a little bit of uh, a little bit of wait and see. 
Um, now the Nexus, uh, the Nexus Six is actually made by Motorola, and the Nexus Nine uh, from HTC, who haven't uh, haven't made a tablet in a while. So, um, but they are known for yeah producing a rather nice product. So quite quite looking forward to uh, yeah. No, it's quite good to see that. the Nexus brand diversifying a little bit. I must admit, though, personally, I'm always a bit sort of the area between six inches and say nine inches. It's too big to be a useful phone. It's sort of too small to be a terribly useful tablet. It's I disagree about that. I know you disagree about that. We've disagreed about that many times before. <laughs> I just I don't see the point. That's what I'm saying. Well, um, <laughs> and the, the size of the Nexus 6 is such that they're able to include a pretty chunky battery. It's got a um, 3,220 milliamp hour battery. Which, you know, we've, we've, we've seen that sort of thing. Um, before, but that you know that's that's pretty impressive in terms of talk time, um, and being bigger of um, yeah they've squeezed in a, a 13 megapixel um, camera with um, optical image stabilization in it, which incidentally is also in that uh, you know there's a, f- a form of optical image stabilization that Lum- Lumia 830, um, and now they, when they when they um, launch it, um, I think. We're, I think we might be waiting for um, uh, next month, so November is when it starts uh, becoming available uh, here in New Zealand and Australia uh, in 32 gig and um, 64 gig uh, flavours. So um, yeah, not not too far to wait. Don't have an exact um, exact date within uh, November, but uh, not too uh, not too far off. So I think uh, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they will be absolutely marvellous. So yeah, a few more details still uh, still yet yet to come, but um, yeah, good good to see the Nexus products becoming reasonably accessible in this market anyway. Um, so they've been probably you know, in the past been a little bit hard to get hold of. Um, I'm not sure exactly the the channel. I know uh, in the past the Nexus Five, for instance, uh, Two Degrees had picked picked that up and we're bringing that into the New Zealand market. So and we ha- quite we have stationery, strangely enough, as well. Yeah, that's is five, yeah. Yeah, that's a true. I think that might have been the, the two degrees variant. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so all keeps things sort of competitive locally when uh, when all the international products are, yeah, also available in uh, in the New Zealand market. Yeah. Uh, now, a couple of other little um, things before we jump into, or one other thing before we jump into sort of talking what's happening in the in the world of of car technology. Um, Microsoft today uh, confirmed that they have gone live with their um, their cloud data centres in in Sydney and uh, Melbourne for um, their Azure services. Now, this. Really, is is the big as the beginning of something pretty interesting, I think, for for local uh, New Zealand customers that utilise the cloud, which is you know pretty much everyone these days uh, use use the cloud in some form, and businesses really are tending to utilise cloud services much more than uh, you know in the past, driven by a couple of things. Uh, one, just the whole flexibility of of being able to utilise cloud services rather than their own local ones. And the other, as ultra-fast broadband rolls out here in New Zealand, of course, we can we can really take advantage of things that are stored outside of our, our local location. Yeah. Um, and and we actually, last week, we were talking about having that 200 uh, megabits per second uh, ultra-fast broadband connection here. 
and uh, we did a little test to see what sort of speed we could get with downloads from uh, from Sydney compared to uh, compared to Auckland. And you know, you know when you do uh, you know over a real distance to Asia or the US, it, you know that your performance does you know pare down quite a bit from the the full performance of your connection. Um, sometimes half, sometimes a, a lot less than that. Um, but doing a speed test between uh, Auckland and Sydney, we were getting only about two hundred and four megabits per second um, over a, a two hundred megabits uh, UFB connection. So we're actually probably getting slightly faster than the advertised speed, uh, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So with with now we've got Amazon and and Microsoft with uh, you know with data centers in uh, in Australia. This I mean this m- makes things heat up a bit, and I think what we'll see in time. Is Microsoft Office 365, uh, no doubt the uh, the the OneDrive, um, you know, cloud storage service, um, those sorts of things, you know, ending up in more uh, more locations. Certainly, the commercial services like 365, um, you know, I'm sure won't be won't be a, a, a super long way uh, behind Azure setting up in in Australia. So uh, it makes things much easier, doesn't it, to uh, to do to utilize the cloud when uh, when it's almost on your doorstep. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Now let's let's talk cars. I want to know what's uh, what's happening in in two areas. So first up, uh, EVs, electric uh, electric vehicles. Now, yeah, you know, when you travel internationally, we sort of see quite a bit of movement. And I think we were chatting earlier around uh, was it uh, the Netherlands, yeah. where there's you know electric charging stations all over the place, and it just just seems really easy to own an electric vehicle there it is there's thousands of charging stations and that's happened relatively recently it's it's only been a few years really um you know five or six years back there were more charging stations and vehicles um and literally that's so the government was really getting behind it and pushing it they made a commitment to make it yeah. happen they said we're going to be a center for evs and we are going to make it happen and they did and you know it works what do they do with all the old uh, batteries is, is there a good thing in place for sort of recycling those? I'm just most com- most sort of- companies have good systems in place for recycling them. Um, because EVs are relatively new, and especially lithium-ion battery technology, because um, it's only the very, very latest that have that, the cars haven't actually been around long enough for there to be a pile of batteries. They The batteries last an incredibly long time. I think um, even the old nickel-metal hydride batteries that Toyota uses in Prius, I think they'll tell you, you know, those batteries go for years. They go for hundreds of thousands of kilometres. There'll be a lot of those original 1997 Prius vehicles still running. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's uh, that's interesting because yeah, you certainly hear about people having to go through and and do those battery replacements on, for instance, the Prius and and yeah, reasonably pricey sort of uh, process to. Yeah. Uh, they offer a pretty good it. offer a pretty good warranty. Um, yeah. I think um, just off the top of my head, and I, I may be wrong. I think Toyota offers probably an eight year warranty. Honda's the same. That's on Something the like that, yeah. mm-hmm. that's on the nickel metal hydride. Batteries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, so New Zealand, um, Sylvia, Sylvia Park um, shopping centre in Auckland, they've now got a um, an EV charging station. They do. They've got two of them. Um, so it's small, small beginnings, but it's happening. Yeah, um, and that's just a reflection of the fact that we're finally getting some plug-in um, electric vehicles in New Zealand. There's um, the Audi um, A3 e-tron has um, just had a, Audi's done a bit of a preview run with some left-hand drive cars, but they'll be the, the right-hand drive um, production version for our country will be available next year. 
You've got uh, BMW with its its new i brand. There's two models. There's an i3, which is a little city car, and an i8, which is sort of something approaching a, a plug-in supercar, I suppose. Um, you've got stuff like the Mitsubishi Outlander, which is a, a plug-in hybrid. You've got the Nissan Leaf, which is actually um, the only pure battery-only electric vehicle available in New Zealand. And in fact, I was out at Sylvia Park today and there was a Leaf plugged in there. So <laughs> that's good because one of the... One of the things about the Leaf is great, great vehicle as I understand it. Um, I haven't actually driven one myself, funnily enough, um, but limited range because it's a pure EV. So, That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So things are starting to uh, are actually finally starting to move as far as they that's are. concerned in, in in New Zealand. It's going to take there being quite a few charging stations around to make it practical to just you know jump in your vehicle and drive. Um, you know, wherever you want to. But, um, I mean, there are other charging stations around, aren't there? Like, you know, Taupo, for instance, if you were doing Wellington to Auckland or, or, or vice versa. Um, those yep. sorts of things, are, uh, you know, are, are possible, aren't they? They're few and far between, though, and um, I guess that's why EV, EV vehicle launches in New Zealand will really focus on, um, on range extender cars. So all of these... Apart from the Leaf, all of these plug-in cars that are being launched also have petrol generators. So um, all of them have a decent range. They have the same range as a normal petrol vehicle. You could drive them as an EV during the week. You can commute to work, not burn any fuel. If you want to drive from Auckland to Taupo or Auckland to Wellington or wherever, you could still do it and just run on petrol like you would normally. I don't think... I mean, even if we had electric charging stations, the length of the country at every service station, I still don't think you'll ever get to the point where you can drive your electric car in their existing state from Auckland to, to Wellington and not have to spend Umpteen hours several nights doing it yeah, on the yeah. way. Although there have been great advances. The um, the A3 e-tron, for example, on a 16-amp charge, you can charge that up in about two and a half hours from flat. That's yeah, we good. are starting to see that much quicker quicker charging yeah. Um, yeah, become available. And also, obviously, the improvement in the, the batteries. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's the potential, and I, and, I, and I don't know how practical this will be uh, in vehicles, but, you know, we know of Power by Proxy developing their sort of, um, you know, wireless power type, uh, you know, capabilities. The thought is if you could just drive into a car park and, yeah. and have wireless charging, like we've got here in the, the, the Lumia 830 and, and a whole bunch of other phones here actually from from LG and um, and and um, Samsung and so on as well. Um, that sort of thing within a vehicle would would go some way to make the process easier, wouldn't it? If it every would. time you pulled up, even if you pulled up somewhere for five or ten minutes, uh, you got a bit of a charge and Absolutely. it you know automatically build you back, so you didn't have to uh, you didn't have to think too much about it. You know, you you pull up at McDonald's. You pull up at a mall, you pull up, you know, wherever, and uh, and that's catered to. But but you know, charged appropriately, that could be uh, that could be pretty interesting. Yeah, it is, and it's a, it's only really a short step from what exists now. I mean, um, in the Netherlands, for example, you know, there are whole floors of parking buildings dedicated to EV parks, and they all have um, corded charges. And so you know, and there are smartphone apps that will guide you to the nearest charger and tell you how long it's going to take you to charge up and help you find your car again if you've forgotten where you left it and point you to the nearest bus and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's that kind of convenience technology that's actually coming along with all of these EVs. It's it's all happening really, really quickly. So electric is good. Um, you've got to charge a vehicle. What about uh, hydrogen? This has sort of been something that's been talked about for a, 
long, long time. It sure has. What's it? what's the you know is, is is there any real progress on that? Um, there, there has been a lot of progress. Hydrogen has kind of been um, forgotten about um, by the media, I think, in the last couple of years because there's been such a rush of new um, plug-in electric vehicles. But hydrogen's still happening in the background. And, um, in fact, Toyota is just about to launch um, what it claims is the world's first production hydrogen-powered vehicle, fuel cell vehicle, I I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's debatable because there have been others. Um, Hyundai has got a a fuel cell um, iX35 out, which they claim is the world's first production fuel cell vehicle as well. They claim that because it's built on the same production line as normal um, iX35s, but I think production's capped at 1,000 cars. I think the basis of Toyota's claim too is it's the first production hydrogen fuel cell vehicle you can walk into a dealership and buy. Right. Admittedly, not very many dealerships. It's not going to be every Toyota dealership. No, it's being launched. Um, it's being launched in the US, primarily in California, because that's where the hydrogen refueling yeah. stations are. It'll be launched in Japan as well, and also in Europe in very, very small numbers. But um, Toyota's approach to this vehicle has been very similar to what they did with Prius all those years ago. They've been working on it for about ten years, um, and they've basically come up with something that's quite viable as a production vehicle. They claim that a lot of the hardware, the cost of producing the hardware. They've managed to reduce by about 95% over 10 years just by constantly refining it. Mm. They're working with the University of California um, to establish you know, a, a, a wider network of refueling stations. Um, and quite an interesting stat, actually. They say that 70 refueling stations could service 10,000 hydrogen-powered cars, and owners would never be more than six minutes away from a refueling station. So 70 stations doesn't seem like a lot. Um, and a lot of... A lot of countries are now committed to producing what they are calling hydrogen highways. For example, Italy and Germany um, have have jointly agreed that they will build a hydrogen highway um, between, I think it's Mantova in Italy and Munich in Germany. Mm, mm. So the idea being that you can drive your hydrogen car all the way from A to B, refueling on the way. Um, and the great thing about a hydrogen car is it's got a similar range and performance to a petrol-powered car, and the only emission is water. Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly something that I think will uh, will please a lot of people. Yeah, it's going to be a long time, I guess, before a country as small as New Zealand though gets the proper fueling infrastructure. But it will come. I mean, uh, you know, ten years ago we would have thought plug-in electric cars were just pure fantasy, and they're here now. Yep. All right. Well, uh, bring it on. Now, any other uh, exciting um, things in the in the auto world, Damien. What have you been playing with recently? From a, um, um, I guess a, a you know a perspective of of vehicles that that integrate well with your with your smartphone. Is there anything that sort of stands out? I know when we were talking today, uh, you were telling me of your pain of trying to uh, do some Bluetooth pairing because uh, the vehicle you were in wouldn't let you pair while the vehicle while it, while it was moving. Yeah, it's a responsible Bluetooth pairing. It was, um, yeah, it's um, yeah, trying to shut you down, but uh, you managed yeah. to stop for enough seconds to uh, pair it eventually. Yeah, the, the awful stop start traffic stopped long enough for me to get it paired up and, and call you. But um, I mean, that's that's. Uh, it's something that, that varies a lot from manufacturer to manufacturer. Some will assume that you are being responsible and that it is, in fact, the passenger who is operating the phone. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's a But others, like, this was a Dodge, which was unusual because usually American cars will give you the option saying, you know, do you agree that this is the passenger operating this car? The driver is not doing this. Right, right. And so it's easy to lie to a car. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, now, in terms of that, there's... there's 
not a, a lot that's sort of coming out just recently that's terribly no. There's been a one groundbreaking, in, one interesting little innovation um, launched by Lexus uh, last week in in the NX, which is a little crossover. It's sort of partially based on a Rav Four underneath, although they wouldn't like you to to, to talk about that. <laughs> it's a very nice car, the NX, but um, it's got a standard a QI phone charger in the console. So um, I think that's um, probably the first um, car launched with that feature as standard. I know you right, it so it's got the Qi wireless charging just, yep. just built in, standard. Little yeah. tray there, yeah. Yep. Well, um, that, that's interesting because you know, in the US there seems to be a bit of a battle going on between the, the standards and, in fact, I think uh, might actually be the Lumia 830 that launched in the US has got not only the Qi wireless start charging standard, but it's got a um, it's got the other one which AT and T have been backing right. uh, in there as well. It actually supports yeah. both. The first time I've I've seen uh, I've come across that, and that had held AT and T back. I think from uh, you know having the wireless charging and uh, a lot of their devices, but actually having the two. Is good. Um, and I mean, it seems that most phones that support wireless charging at the moment have got that Qi or, or QI, um, you know, s- s- standard as far as um, wireless. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I mean, that would just be super handy to have, I think, in, in any vehicle. You just drop your phone in and know that it's going to start charging. I think so. Right? No, I yeah. think it'll come quite quickly. I think I, well, Jeep also offers it as an option, I think, on the Cherokee. I, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, I mean, it, it's a very simple thing, very low cost. To do, but uh, yeah, if that could be in in every vehicle, and you've got somewhere that it, the phone fits nicely, I think, uh, yeah, brilliant. Well, that's the that's actually the problem with the Lexus one. It's very it's it's basically iPhone five sized <laughs> the tray. Oh, <laughs> my Samsung phone would right. Fit so in. My, my, very oh, disappointing. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so your, uh, your your six to nine inch size phones are just. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be out of the question. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So you might, you might, uh, yeah, um, still need to upgrade your car to be yeah, able to support do. your new yes. phone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the right way around to do it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, phones, if you're going to change your phone every, uh, you know, six months, uh, then you should be changing your car every at least every six months as well. Right? I agree, so, and I think yeah. the um, the automotive industry would probably agree with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it seems to be the way that the uh, um, that the auto industry is heading, isn't it? Is you know the very closely aligned with technology. So there's more and more reason to need to upgrade your vehicle. Or, a little bit more often than may, maybe uh, some have done in, in years gone by. They are, and it is a constant. Uh, we hear it all the time from from car companies. It's a constant headache trying to keep up with the developments, and particularly you know mobile technology. It's just a nightmare for them to try and hedge their bets and make sure they're they're ahead of that all the time. Because there's nothing worse than a dissatisfied customer who can't pair their phone or get the functionality they want when they've bought you know an expensive new car. Yeah, and it does seem to be really, really, uh, you know, common having, um, you know, varying sorts of issues with linking up uh, phones and uh, and vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks, guys, for uh, for joining me here on the NZ Tech Podcast. Now, uh, there is another podcast that's going to be uh, launching uh, fairly soon. What's that? Well, yeah, I do believe so. We did um, discuss it a while ago about launching a New Zealand motoring podcast, which will be hosted by David and myself, and um, we should hope to have the first one out very shortly, in fact. Great. Well, looking forward to catching that. Now, in the meantime, um, for those that are that are looking looking out for either of you, can we catch you on, on Twitter or, 
online, where's the, the best place to uh, to look for your content? Yeah, you can um, catch me on Twitter, Link Later Drive, and um, Facebook as well, and of course um, the more more traditional mediums like National Business Review and New Zealand Herald. Excellent. Oh, I'm just all over the internet. Because anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the website, oversteer.co.nz, uh, Twitter is at oversteer.nz, um, there's YouTube channels and Facebook and just all that. Just all right, well, we just have to Google you. Oh, and, just uh, Google yeah. Oversteer NZ and I'm just everywhere. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, well, <laughs> well uh, thank you, gents. Uh, enjoyed that. Good to uh, good to catch up and uh, and and chat tech and throwing a bit of uh, um, auto tech as well. Um, and we'll look forward to the next time. Um, but that's us for this week. So thanks everyone for listening in. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Vector Communications, data networks built for business. 